0: don't cry you can rely on me honey you can
1: combine anything you want what's up everyone? Uh, welcome to finally another episode of the AXPX podcast. I'm uh, of course your host Sean Dreger. Thanks for uh, thanks for checking out the show after such a long hiatus. I've been uh, it's been pro- probably a little over 2 months uh, since the last show. And of course, as I mentioned, the last show was because, uh, my uh, new son was being born. So, uh, I had to take care of that. And, um, uh, I really missed doing the show. I really wanted to do the show. I even bought a brand new mic cord, like, uh, right after my son was born <laughs> and never, uh, got around to, to getting another show done, uh, until now, because it's just been, uh, such a crazy, uh, time adjusting to life with, uh, with three kids. So, uh, uh, is our third his name's Noah and uh he's a little cutie. So, thanks for uh taking the you know, letting me uh take care of business there and being patient uh for the for for the next show and uh today's just going to be kind of a free for a uh, f- little free forum, uh just me and uh, I've a lot of stuff I want to do for the show. I'm really excited for uh for future shows here and uh the people I'm going to talk to and uh and all the the subjects we'll will breach. So we'll we'll dive back in. Um it's really hard to kind of dive back into kind of a uh I don't know like a philosophical type mindset after when, you know when when a when a baby's born. Um this was my my third and um it's it's crazy. You know, I mean a lot of people are different, but a lot of people come from different backgrounds, but um for for me seeing the birth of my of my third child was really uh, kind of an eye-opening experience, especially with the struggles that I've had for the past, you know, the past few years with, uh, struggling on, uh, you know, who God is, is God real, you know, uh, why are we here and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but seeing a, a, a life, um, brought into the world is just, uh, it's kind of a mind blowing experience. And if you haven't uh, experienced it, um, it's kind of hard to really, you know, understand, I guess, but, uh, but you know, I guess these these past couple months have been even more soul searching. Haven't been able been able to really to talk about because I haven't been able to do, do the show. But uh, um, I think for me, I think I'm more of at a, at a piece in my my spiritual life. Um, I'm just just seeing a new little life born, his little perfect fingers and uh, and everything. It just shows that there's you know there's something out there that we're, that this little perfect baby was born and and. Uh, you know, and it's not chance that he's here. You know, it's just kind of a trip to think about, you know, um you know, he's he's almost two a little over two months. Um so nine months plus two months, uh eleven months. I'm good at math, people. <laughs> uh you know, he wasn't even really a thought, you know. Uh he wasn't here and now he's here. And now his his life he's gonna grow up, you know, uh he's gonna go through Uh, teenage years uh, adult years he's gonna have his own his own struggles and and he's gonna create things and and go on to be you know who knows what he's gonna to to grow up up to be and that's just uh it's incredible to think about and i've thought about it with my past two kids and with a third one to kind of uh going through this again i think especially now was really uh i think it was good for me and i think i'm at a, a good place um right now as far as my my uh you know, my, my religion goes, whatever you want to call it, because I don't, I don't really know, I still don't think that I've really fallen into place with, um, a full 100%, uh, you know, uh, evangelical Christian, but I do believe that, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's pretty much been confirmed, confirmed to me in my, my life that there is a, there is a creator, and that we're, we're all here for a purpose, and, uh, I guess it's all, it's, it's finding what that purpose is, is the struggle, I guess, so, anyway, uh, I don't like. I guess a little short spiel on where I'm where I'm at. Um, so yeah. So the the search continues, of course, um, and uh, you know just been a been, been a lot going on. A lot of a lot on my mind as far as that goes. So I haven't really been digging into any real like theological things, philosophical things. I've been keeping my eyes on the news, and uh, oh, I I've um, been trying to dive back in and trying to get some reading in, um, but I haven't really. Uh, done too much yet, but, uh, once the, once I'm getting the show back in full swing here, I think I'll, I think I'll be fine and I'll, uh, be able to approach things and uh, discuss them with, uh, with everyone. And, um, so what else, what else have I been doing? Uh, through this kind of this time off, I had about, uh, had a week off, took a week vacation, then I'd been having Mondays and Fridays off work for the past two months. Um, thanks to the state of California and their, uh, their baby bonding time that they offer. You can take advantage of. So I've been doing that, and um, during the time time off, I, I uh, took up pipe smoking, and that's tobacco pipe. People, I didn't realize when I started talking to people about about pipes that I would have to you know differentiate like what kind of pipe I was talking about. But it's a uh, you know tobacco pipe. You know, like C. S. Lewis and J. R. R. Tolkien, and uh, you know, everyone asked me. People ask me like, why you know why would you want to smoke a pipe? And I and I say you know well, I mean I guess you can blame it on J. R. 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 Tolkien. And and hobbits <laughs> and wizards, but uh, I'd always been kind of fascinated by it. And I um, mean, a couple of buddies have been talking about it. And I have a friend uh, south of me that have been wanting to get together to you know to, to have a pipe and some scotch. So I figured, you know, heck, heck I'd jump into it. And uh, I've been doing a lot of studying up on 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 briar and good pipes and uh, good tobacco and stuff like that. So so that's been fun. It's been a little bit of a fascination for me and. Uh, you know, the funny thing is when you talk to when we're when talking about about pipe smoking it's uh it's such a different thing than you know than like cigarettes or even cigars because it's uh you have the pipe there and you number one you need to be taking you need to take care of that pipe you need to clean it uh, every time you use it you need to you get the loose tobacco you, you you have to pack it in there correctly you have to light it a certain way I mean, it takes a uh, it takes a lot of time to actually to actually sit down and smoke a pipe. It's not like a cigarette where you just light it, suck it down for five, you know, you're out there for two minutes, you suck that thing down, you go back in. Uh, pie smoking is more of a relaxed kind of, you just puff on it, you're not inhaling it, and uh, kind of more of a con- contemplative thing, so that's been a, I guess, you know, adjusting to three kids and everything, there's a stress level, so it's been a way for me, I guess, to kind of cope with that, but I uh, think but, you know, it's been pretty fun uh, checking that stuff out, so, uh, you know, I'm not going to, encourage anyone to get into, into tobacco. Cause everyone gets the wrong idea. But I mean, st- if you study up on, on pipe smoking, the history of it, it's pretty fascinating stuff. And, uh, so now I have that, I have a, I bought a an antique rack and that's, it's up there. And, uh, so if I ever get the urge and, uh, if, you know, if anyone comes over and uh, wants to partake, you know, it's there. So, um, and in the more healthy kind of habits that I picked up, uh, My wife and I went to this cool little uh, tea place in Temecula, California. I want to give them a little plug because they were so awesome. So we got into like these uh, into teas, and this place has like over sixty brews or or, um, um, sixty tea brews that they you can buy. Um, They're called California Tea and Coffee Brewery, and uh, you can check them out at caltcb.com. So they're on Twitter too. I'll put a little you know give them a little shout out on the in the show notes. But uh, seriously, awesome. So, you know, that's a healthier thing for for me and my wife to actually get into. We bought little jars and have our loose leaf tea and <laughs> little jars that sort are of labeled. You know, pretty nerdy about that. But uh, anyway, um, so yeah, some rambling there. Um, let's jump into uh, into some news because it's been a very interesting week, news wise. So, you know, we'll just uh, do 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 some of that right now. If I can get this going here, I always have trouble with it. (laughs) Gotta get the music going, right? Gotta do it. Alright. Well, the, uh, the ACLU is in the news. They're suing on behalf of a small church that wants to distribute leaflets outside the Mormon temple in Brigham City, Utah but can't because the city requires permits for its free speech zone. Uh, Evangelical pastors are suing New Orleans for the right to pass out leaflets in the French Quarter, especially during a massive uh, gay pride party. So um, that's their right. I think they have a right to do that. But I don't see what the point is handing out flyers, you know, at a gay pride party. I don't (laughs) don't really see the point in that stuff. (laughs) They'll be used as toilet paper or other things. Uh, it was uh found out this week that Bill Clinton once considered becoming a Mormon. So that's pretty interesting uh information there. That I don't really have more information on, but uh oh he he couldn't accept the Mormon concept of the hereafter, so that's what kept him from actually becoming a Mormon. But he did consider it, it which is very interesting. Let's see. This music is it loud for you guys? It's loud for me. Uh, An Amish man in Ohio will spend 30 days in jail for firing a gun into the air. The bullet later landed and killed a 15-year-old who was driving her horse-drawn buggy uh, more than a mile away. So uh, I guess if you're a gun owner, be careful where you're shooting that thing. Even shooting into the air can kill someone. The uh, New York City Health Department meets... uh, met uh, gosh two days ago on whether to acquire consent forms for circumcision ceremonies in which the mohel sucks the blood from an infant boy critics say that the practice can result in passing on herpes and has resulted in, uh, in infant deaths I don't really know what to think about that <laughs> but I guess that's a good thing An an Australian doctor has lost his medical license after prescribing chemical castration for a gay teenager. Uh, The doctor is a member of the exclusive Brethren Christian sect. And finally, um, a professor breastfeeds in class, and students, of course, complain. Now, of course, there's two sides of this. They're going to... There's the pro-breastfeeding... camp that's saying oh that's fine she has every right to breastfeed and then there's uh, the other side not necessarily anti-breastfeeding but it's like uh you know this woman's at her job and uh, in the middle of the lecture uh, the story goes that she was uh, her daughter was sick so she brought instead of getting a babysitter or maybe hmm maybe taking the day off of school or you know taking the day off taking a sick day to take care of a sick child she brought her sick child into the class and proceeded to uh, breastfeed the baby uh, as she was giving her lecture, and it kind of it didn't really offend any of the students, but I think it just kind of made things incredibly awkward. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's no, no news on what the actual, um, what the school is going to do, but it kind of uh, it's, it sparked another a debate about, about breastfeeding. But I, I, think, I think it's simple, is that, you know, if your kid's sick, um, you should probably take the day off and take care of your kid. Uh, you know, if you're a dad or a mother. Uh, they're trying to make this a, a sex thing, you know. You know, it's, it's sexist that she has to take the day off. Well, I mean, there, there's times where I take the day off to take care of my kids. If my wife has to work, so, you yeah. know. And uh, I think that's it for uh, for the news. We're going to talk a little bit, uh, when we come back, I want to just talk a little bit about the uh, the violence in the Middle East sparked by this uh, amateur film, allegedly. Um, but first, I want to play some music and, uh, the, the, the group I want to talk about or want to showcase for you guys is, uh, the Candle Park Stars and they have a new album out called, uh, Take Care and Safe Home. You can get it, uh, from them on Bandcamp. Um, I think it's Bandcamp slash the Candle Park Stars, or you can, uh, find them actually on Spotify to hear the whole album, but they're awesome. They're really laid back, kind of, um, um, stuff, so I really like it. So the song is called Best Day of My Life. This uh, is the Candle Park Stars. You're listening to the AXPX Podcast, and uh, we'll be back right after this. Not that. Still getting used to the live, trying to switch music live here. Try to be legit, people. Here we go. This is the Candle Park Stars. You're listening to the AXPX Podcast. Candle Park Stars on uh, the AXPX podcast. I'm your host Sean Durerger, and uh, I really like that album. It's really awesome, and you know it's very much Explosions in the Sky inspired. Um, uh, Candle Spark, the Candle Park, the Candle Star, Candle Park Stars. Sorry, bleh, is uh, it's LA-based film and television composer Carrie Muse, and uh, he does this stuff all himself and records it. He has uh, three albums. And all worth checking out. I mean, I, I heard his last album, and bought the one before that, and then of course when this came out, I bought it right away. Um, I would encourage you to, if you really like it, to go to his, the band camp, and uh, you know, buy it, uh, buy it from, support his music. It's uh, it's good stuff. So I'll be playing more of him on the show. And uh, again, uh, it's the Candle Park Stars, and the album is called Take Care and safe home, and the song was called Best Day of My Life. So, okay. All right, so um, let's move back into the show. Unfortunately, it's kind of a weird uh, transition, because um, unfortunately a lot of people did not have the best day of their life the other day. Um, and it's really confusing on exactly what happened. I know, I know that um, there was a this really amateur um, film uh, that was and I think the trailer went out online, and a and a, a preacher out of Florida was talking about um, airing it at his show, at, at his you know first church, and um, some Muslims in Egypt got a hold got word of that, uh, and, and and I, I think there's some misunderstanding because they thought that that uh, the U.S. was airing this on all channels, and it was very it, it portrayed the uh, Prophet uh, Muhammad. Um, as a sexual pervert, a womanizer, uh, and a homosexual, and um, so people attacked the. I think the U.S. embassy in in Egypt, and then the other day there was uh, in Libya. Um, they attacked the U.S. embassy in Libya, which isn't fortified with any military, and four people, four Americans, were murdered, including the U.S. ambassador Jay Christopher Stevens, and uh, and a few others. And sparked a whole lot of conversation about, you know, about, about Islam, you know, is, is Islam a violent, you know, a violent religion? Is this just a crazy sect of, of Islam? Kind of like we have, you know, the, um, you know, the Westboro Baptist type people. Of course, we don't, we don't have this in America where, you know, uh, a group of, a religious, you know, religious group in America will go and just attack, you know, another country's embassy. Um, so, that, of course, that, that doesn't happen here, but, of course, it does happen in these Muslim nations. So um, I've been trying to read a lot of the, about this, been, you know, been trying to work you know, a lot and take care of, take care of the kids and everything, but trying to keep up with this, and I found a, um, an article on the Religion News Service called The Twelve Essential Points About the Offensive Film on the Prophet Muhammad and the Subsequent Reactions in Libya and Egypt. And I'm going to kind of go through these. Uh, it's a well-written article. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I want to kind of go through these. It's written by uh, Omid Safi. He's a professor of Islamic studies at the University of North Carolina uh, at Chapel Hill. Uh, Number one, he says this is not an issue of freedom of speech versus a religious sensitivity. Um, He says every time that there is an offensive piece written to target Muslim sensitivities, there is the temptation to cast it as an issue of freedom of speech held to be absolute versus the religious sensitivity of the Muslims. That framework is either unhelpful or, at best, only partially helpful. In reality, pieces like the Innocence of Muslims so-called film are best classified as hate speech, and they seem to be of the same genre as anti-Semitic films of the 1930s or Birth of the Nation KKK movies. kind of disagree with that point. I mean, you know, whether or not it's considered hate speech or whatever, we're, in the U.S., we're covered by the Constitution and the Freedom of Speech. You know, you can... Pretty much say whatever you want. You can. You have the right to be a bigot and an asshole. Um, and having an, I think having another country, uh, a sect of people in another country, react this way and violence is just uh, is insane. And um, you know, there's word that the filmmaker is in hiding, and the U.S. government's trying to seek him down. It's like leave the guy alone. The guy's a you know a, a, a racist, uh, a bigot, and uh, he has that right. To put that crap out there, but we don't have to watch it. We don't have to support it. And in fact, we should condemn it. But um, to kind of <laughs> to kind of give this violence a pass um, kind of rubs me the wrong way. So, anyway, uh, that's my that's my thought on that point. But let's move on to point number two. Um, Al Qaeda, not Libyans, uh, is behind the murder of the U.S. ambassador. That news came out a little bit later on in the day. Um, And that the assassination of the U.S. ambassador is not the work of the Libyan people or religious groups, but rather the operation of Al-Qaeda. And you can kind of conspiracy theorize it or whatever. He also says the overlapping timing with the anniversary of 9-11 lends credit to this being an Al-Qaeda plot that was pre-planned. So does the heavy amount of weaponry carried by the assault on the U.S. compound. So it could be two separate things that got lumped together. Um, Was important to note. Um, and of course you can take that with what, what you will, <laughs> you know, I kind of, when I, when I started seeing the news come through, I started thinking, oh, there we go. The U S is changing the story. Uh, that is, let's blame it on Al Qaeda. They're easy to blame it on, kind of like the Nazis. You can just blame it on Al Qaeda, but, um, there is significant pr- uh, evidence that it is possibly an, an Al Qaeda, uh, assassination attempt on, in the Libyan, um, with the Libyan violence there in Libya uh the egypt uh attack on the it was there wasn't really attack on the egypt they were just kind they were uh, they took down a flag and raised up another flag and stuff like that so uh, number three the Libyan authorities and religious and religious scholars have condemned this attack uh, it's important to know um number four the Libyan people have demonstrated against the assassination of the ambassador which is true there's a lot of moving pictures uh, not moving as in their you know, moving as in uh, um I appreciated seeing them. But a lot of a lot of the Libyan people having signs that say, you know, we're we are against terrorism, or for the U.S. This is, uh, you know, this is wrong. They condemn this violence in, in Libya. Uh, number five, the producers of, the producers of the film openly admit to being Islam haters, which re- <laughs> which really they have every right to say that. And this is where I kind of differ on on the author here. And I'll post a link to this in the show notes. Um, the The person originally identified as the producer Sam Bassil, is a shadowy, fictional figure. Uh, whoever the producer is, he has now gone into hiding, having achieved his insidious aim of throwing fuel on the flame. Uh, I think the author is taking things a little too far here. Uh, like I said, I think people have the right to say anything they want. And uh, we shouldn't really bend to... You know, if another country, some other group of people say they're going to incite violence based off of uh, someone who's protected in the U.S. under free speech, uh, I don't think we should encourage that. So, there's a lot more information on that there. Um, And I'd love to hear your opinions on this as well. Uh, Number six, that the producer, whoever he is, has the right to produce his propaganda, even if it is hateful speech. Okay, I'm, I'm with him on that. Um, he also, but the author says, uh, however, we do not have the obligation to provide him with a podium by offering him the very media access that he craves, right? Squash it with it, with just ignore the, ignore the guy. And really that's what should have, what should have happened, which brings me to the next point here. Uh, number seven, the distribution of the film has benefited from Terry Jones and he's a, he's a pastor from Florida that burned a Koran last year and made a big deal about it. And, and there was about a dozen people, uh, killed in violence in the Middle East uh, Over him burning a Koran And um, Now this guy I think um, Is partially to blame Because he took this stupid amateur video And he has kind of A platform of speech That goes across the world And And the word got out of That he was going to show it So and he loves this He's, This guy Terry Jones is not, is not Coming out with any statement or anything like that um, he's accomplished what he wanted to do, which is he wanted to show uh, Islam as a violent religion, and these extremists basically made the point for him as far as the extremists go. So, um, number eight, the YouTube film was picked up by a fringe group of Coptic, of Coptic radicals. Uh, cops are an indigenous Egyptian Christians who have, at times, had a tense relationship with the Muslim majority, although the majority of the cops copts uh supported the overthrow of mubarak during their arab spring uprisings in egypt now, mainstream coptic organizations in egypt have already condemned this movie and the quote film it, it's a piece of shit it's really not a film uh does not represent the views of cops um which i agree with. Uh, uh, i actually have a uh a co-worker who's coptic christian and um they're not related at all to any sort of radicalism um Number nine, uh, American Muslim organizations have uniformly condemned the assassination of the American ambassador. It's good. Uh, number ten, the violent response to assaults on the dignity of the prophet is not the example of the prophet himself. Simply put, this is not what Muhammad would do, which is right, which is which is crazy that we can lump the, you know, it's not right to lump them in with, with Islam. This is a fringe group um, of Islam, kind of, like I said, like, like these, like these crazy Westboro Baptist type people. And, um, they should, you know, they should, we should somehow, I don't know, how would do it. I'm not, I don't have the answers. I don't know. But, uh, somehow condemn that act and they should pay for their actions. Uh, number 11, the producers of the film lied to their actors and crew about the content of the film. Uh, and all the actors have condemned the film. They are uh, very embarrassed to have been involved with that at all and have spoken out against the film. And then number 12, is says, uh, the author here says that uh, we have a choice how to respond. Um, and uh, he says, it is up to us, to each of us, to decide which path to pursue. Each of us can choose to pursue the path of the extremists in the Jewish community uh, that allegedly funded the film, the extremist in the Christian community that spread the film, or the path of the extremist of the Muslim community that reached to the film uh, with violence. And film's always in quotes here. Uh, or we can respond to these catastrophes the way that President Obama reacted to the anniversary of 9-11 by reminding us that our fates are bound up together. Obama said, there's no them and us, it's just us. So, uh, I like what he has to say here, and... Um, and and really um you know it's just it's just tragic that people have to die based off of religious fanaticism and that's one of the things that really <laughs> make me you know question a lot of things and that's why i'm so um uh skeptical about religion and stuff like that because i don't you know people blindly follow something and a lot of the times the the path that they blindly follow um you know can end up tragic and you need to be skeptical about what you are getting wrapped up in and uh, look at all angles. And if it's taking you a path into extremism, uh, that's definitely the wrong path to go. So, um, there's a lot more information on this. I'm sure a lot more information has come out as, you know, past what I've read. But I, just, I thought that was a good, I mean, I disagreed with. Um, Mr. Safi on a few of these points, but I really liked that someone got these twelve points out there. Kind of laid it out, laid the information out because there was a lot of kind of confusion and people were just um, getting wrapped up in the fanaticism of everything. And and you know how these things go. If, um, the more people talk about them, and just kind of just the way the internet is, it just uh, the wrong information can spread very quickly. So um, this is a good, a uh, good, a good tool to kind of have if you get in these, uh, conversations about that, about that, uh, information. All right, um, I'm gonna move on from here, um, this week I wrote a, uh, a little article on, um, on praise music, and, um, and I really like, I mean, I really like praise music, it's, uh, it's, um, it's, it's relaxing to me, uh, if you find the right stuff, um, And the kind of praise and worship artists that I listen to are very, like, more acoustic and, uh, you know, really great, really soothing. And a lot of the times it's uh, really, I I connect with with praise and worship music. But the strange thing happened this week when I was listening to an album uh, by, um, uh, let's see here, by Antioch Worship. And I really like what Antioch is doing. They're uh, in Southern California here. They kind of have a couple branches and recently at a local at a church they they do a, a I think it's a Sunday night church service, and I do want to get um, one of the pastors on the show sometime to talk about some stuff but um they, they're really cool uh um they're not necessarily church i mean I guess they're a church, but they uh, but Antioch um, this is Antioch Temecula, and then there's one, and I think in in Long Beach, I can't remember exactly where they're, they're, there's a couple campuses, but they really kind of push the boundaries of of conversation. And uh, when I really when I was starting up my sh- the show, actually they were having these Sunday night debates between atheists uh, an atheist and a Christian, uh, Buddhist and a Christian, stuff like that. and they were very open to op- open to discussing um, these types of issues and you know, was Jesus historical and stuff like that. So I really um, respect you know what they do. And they um, came out with a worship album, which is awesome. The music's amazing. I really, really like it. I was listening to this one song called the Job Song, and I just kind of started getting a little, a little depressed. I was like wondering why the heck was you know why am I feeling this way? What uh, what about the song is kind of bringing me down? And I heard in the lyrics, I was listening to the lyrics, and I heard, I heard this uh, this chorus here, or it's not really a chorus, but it's part of the song. It says, uh, "With hearts bowed low and hands held high, we bless the name of our good God." Okay, go. So far, so good. Uh, who gives and takes our hearts he breaks that we might say, blessed be our God. And I'm, listen- and I'm listening to this and I'm going, <clears throat> our hearts he breaks. You know, with my Christian background, I've never thought about God up there wanting to break our hearts. You know, he's not hes not out there trying to beat us down to a pulp. You know, and I, I really like had kind of an a, re, a reaction to these lyrics and I wanted to read the whole song and just get the lyrics down and, and read them and 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 I <laughs> the song's beautiful and I just could not get behind most of the lyrics and I've you know I do have an issue with job or did have an issue with job and i we'll, will talk about it in a little bit here but I do want to play the song for you um musically it's amazing it's great um the rest of the album is incredible really is a good album and I definitely don't wanna you know, don't wanna bash them as 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 songwriters and artists. I think but I think theologically, um, I have an issue with writing a praise song on Job. We'll get that in uh, get into that in a little bit. But I do want to play the song for you here. And uh, the song is called The Job Song. Let's see, I'm trying to bring it up here. Like I said I'm trying to do everything live here so I don't have to edit. Because editing it just it just takes time. But of course waiting here, wasting time takes time too <laughs> here you go this is uh the job song by antioch uh worship and uh and listen to the lyrics and then we'll chat about them in a little bit here It's uh, Antioch worship with the Job song. Beautiful song. I mean, I'm mean, i not gonna knock the song musically, vocally. It's it's impeccable. It's great. It's beautiful. And I, and they they did it when I think I think this is the first song that I heard when I heard that they were doing a worship album. And I was really really impressed with the video. There's a lot of passion in it. Um, there's a you know there's a reason it was written and you know i mean in the future you know maybe i'll have the the writer on here and they can talk about their take on it um my my issue i mean it for me it just wasn't uplifting and if i'm listening to worship, to worship music i want it to be uplifting that there's something bigger than me something that's you know that god's going to be taking care of me he has me um stuff you know things like that that are worshipful um and and build you up so so this song, you know, with the lyrics, and when this, I was reading further, it says, you know, the lyric is, though you slay me, I will trust in you, for you, my God, are my portion. Um, I don't think God wants to slay us, <laughs> you know, and that was the main contention I had with this song, and I kind of did, I, I started digging into Job and actually read most of Job, a few places I would scan here and there, and um, of course went to Wikipedia to, to see what Wikipedia had to say about about Job. Uh, so I re- I did write a little kind of editorial. It's called The Plight of Job, Worshipping an Abusive Relationship. It's on the axpx.com. You can read it there. But I'm going to kind of go through it here a little bit and, and we'll, we'll talk about it. So uh, when I posted kind of my little beef with the lyrics on Facebook, I had a friend of mine write that, you know, these lyrics sound like an abusive relationship. And if you just take the lyrics themselves, if you take God out of it, um, and if you read through it, it's like you know why would you if the person that you love is trying to kill you, trying to slay you, trying to break your heart um you wouldn't necessarily go back to' them. but in a, in a in an abusive relationship, of course the abuse uh the abusee uh the victim. Um, is still in love with the person that's beating them that's abusing them and they always a lot of times um, before they can actually get before they actually get help um, go back to that person so it's really interesting um, uh, imagery there with, with this song and uh, could you know hey it can be taken that way um, the the crazy thing is too about when you read job and okay the book of job and this is I'm I'm a layman with the stuff. I, I don't, I'm, you know, it's, I'm I'm not called the armchair philosopher, you know, just, I'm not just being cute. I'm, 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 I, I'm an armchair philosopher, right? I kind of look at things and I'll go off on what I think and I am, am probably totally wrong, but it's kind of what I read into it. And, uh, you know, from my limited knowledge right now, right? I'm still learning and growing every day. That's the whole point of it but some people try to spin the armchair philosopher and i've had some comments negative comments on facebook on, on the page there that <clears throat> that's like that, that that it's a negative thing to be an armchair philosopher and i, I don't i don't i don't think so you know <laughs> i don't hate armchair quarterbacks you know i'm probably an armchair quarterback too <clears throat> it doesn't it's not a negative thing so you know of course what i say here isn't you can't you know look at it as an, as truth Per se this is my from what I've seen, this is my opinion of it. Alright? So before anyone starts uh, getting pissed off that I'm giving bad information, this is from what I've read, this is what I understand, okay? And if you think I'm wrong, definitely send me an email, Sean, it's S-E-A-N at the AXPX.com and I would love to hear your opinion. that's what this show I hope this show can be about is a conversation between me and then you, the listener. And we can hash things out as the weeks go on. I may not have all the answers this week, and we can always revisit these subjects I talk about, okay? All right. Rabbit, uh, was that a rabbit trail? So, okay, so Job, right? Job is a very interesting book. And I look at Job as kind of a um, metaphorical book, a story, a a parable that Moses could have written, to kind of show the Israelites, you know, worst case scenario, you know, um, that no matter what they should, uh, lift God up and obey and trust God and love God and and above all things, right? No matter what they go, they're going through. I mean, they were wandering through the desert for like 40 years. And, um, so I, I, and I, I feel like from what I've, what I've read, my limited knowledge here, that, um, that this was kind of like, look, Moses was saying, look, this 40 years in the desert, this isn't that bad. <laughs> you know, you can have all this happen to you, but you know what? No matter what, God is is the creator, you need to worship him. So that, that's how I feel like Job was written as kind of a parable. And so the story of Job goes, there's a man named Job, and he's uh, he's he's the most righteous man in, in the land. Um, he's like above everyone else always gives the best offerings and uh, and Satan appears and it's interesting because in in job's uh, God doesn't really know who he, God acts like he doesn't know who Satan is let me just bring this up here so they basically wage a bet. Satan says you know look at look at this guy job you think he's so perfect well I don't think he's really that perfect I think you have your protective hand over him. And if he was in a little bit of trouble, if things got shaky and dicey, I don't think he'd really be all about you. So, so God says, "All right, fine. You know what? I'm going to show you how faithful He is and how righteous He is. I'm going to take my hand of protection away, and, and you know what? Have Adam. Basically, have Adam. Don't kill him. Um, let me see here. I'm bringing up the Bible right now. It's from the uh, English Standard Version." So, here's what's interesting about, about Satan right in here. So, it says here now in uh, chapter 1 of Job, verse 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, the sons of God, I don't know who that is, and Satan also came among them. So, I'm guessing, is this the angels, the sons of God? The Nephilim, which, oh, God, I really wanted to do an episode on the Nephilim. I have a little a little thing posted on the xpx.com. Um, so Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? It's interesting that that God doesn't know where he came from, right? If God's om, omniscient, right, om, omnipotent, that he doesn't know where Satan came from. And Satan's among the sons of God. So it's a very interesting, you know, there's like pieces of the puzzle here that seem to be missing. So back to my insanely um, limited uh, overview of, of Job. So basically, so Satan has... You know, the okay to do, to do whatever. So, so 500 yoke of oxen and 500 don- donkey are carried off by Sabians. Uh, 7,000 sheep are burned up by, and now this is a quote from one of Job's, um, uh, workers. Um, the fire of God which fell from the sky. Now remember, God is not touching Job. God gave Satan basically what he told us, he told Satan he can do whatever he wants. So, so I look at this, and when this says the fire of God, which fell from the sky, took all these sheep, you know that looks to me like you know weather, lightning, something happened, forest fire, something like that happened, not necessarily from God, but the pe- but the people thought that God was punishing Job. All right, it's important uh, important to note because remember God is not touching Job. Okay, three thousand camels stolen by the Chaldeans, and then. All ten of Job's children are killed by a mighty wind. And just as a mighty wind, I'm guessing tornado, all right? It collapses the house of his firstborn. They're all having a party. Something comes through. I'm guessing tornado. Rips the house apart. Boom. All ten of his kids dead, all right? Now, once that happens, now here's where the song comes into play, okay? He just finds out that his all his kids have been killed and of course they were eating and drinking wine at the oldest at the oldest brother's house Um, he says job says naked i came from my mother's womb and naked shall i return the lord gave and the lord has taken away blessed be the name of the lord in all this job did not sin or charge god with wrong so now in his eyes he's even thinking that god has it out for him so if you take this praise song and look at it that way, it's just a song reflecting that moment, the song works. All right. I don't have a problem with the song if it's taken from that perspective right in that moment as Job's praying. I can dig that. That's great. But um, my contention is if you take this song and put it on a praise album, people aren't are, are singing it out like you know, they're not putting it in context with the story. And they're saying that it's okay, that, oh, God, you can crush me and I'll still worship you and everything like that. You know, I have a friend who always he'll always post on Facebook, that's bad theology. That's bad theology, I guess. You, you, I don't think you can take that song as a praise song. So, that's my contention. So, anyway, so then a- after this, uh, in, in the book of Job here, Job con- contracts these hideous boils. I mean, the guy is just sick his skin screwed up he's like scraping off the boils of his skin it says in here it's just really disgusting and then so then the rest of job is is job in conversations with uh his wife his wife's telling him you know uh what is his oh his wife is saying curse god and die (laughs) you know his wife's saying you know just curse god tell him to fuck off and then die and, and Job says, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we perceive? Shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? And all this Job did not sin with his lips. So he's still a righteous guy. All right. Point of the story is, through all this, Job's a righteous, righteous guy. He has three friends that come through here and they try to tell, they, and they, they give him their opinion, what he should do, you know. And you can look at that as parallels with the New Testament. It's like three temptations, right? You know, Jesus was tempted three times. And But through all that, um, you know, Jesus remains steadfast. So, the rest of Job... I mean, Job is a really, really interesting book. Uh, for a while, Job is... Uh, he laments his birth. He wishes he was never born. I mean, this is like some serious, heavy stuff. This is a guy going through utter and complete shit, the worst day possible. And... I guess not Not day, the worst, I don't know, month, two months, who, who knows, years. But this guy is just being dragged through the mud. He is depressed. He's suicidal. His wife is telling him to curse God and die. He's having these conversations with these friends that are trying to tell him what to do. And in all this, from Job's perspective, it is God doing all this to him from his perspective, which I guess you can parallel that with the song you know as being from that perspective right but in when you look at job as a whole you get to the end of job it was you know god had just taken his hand away god did not touch job at all and then in the end of the story he's rewarded for his faithfulness he gets a new wife maybe new wife i don't know if he gets a new wife or not um but uh, he he gets new animals he gets a new you know he gets everything back that he lost like tenfold so so I get, you know that's that's my beef for the song i mean I'm, is, was, well, what was interesting is it was the first time i ever kind of had a beef with a praise song cuz normally even when i was going th- going through my major kind of you know, huge doubts about, um, where I stood as far as my faith went, if there was a God, if, if, uh, you know, what all this meant, you know, praise music still was an anchor for me and it still deeply affected me. I I, I would be, you know, I'd go to church and just, just not wanting to be there, just, you know, like, like, you know, kind of testing God, like, look, God, if you are real, you know, you know, why am I even here? Uh, Why well, I'm, I'm at this church service, I don't necessarily agree with everything the pastor is saying, but once the praise music would start and, and you know, it's just something would just come over me and I would just, you know, find myself just with tears down my face and just mainly because I wanted God to show himself right there, you know, just out of frustration, maybe those tears are coming out of my face, but the music brought all this out. And But the music was always about uh, trusting God and, and praising Him for what He's done in our lives. Never once was a praise song talking about, you know, letting, being thankful that God would crush me and then bring me up or, or, or anything like that. So I guess that's the main contention with that song. It's like, I, I, you know, and other people may feel differently about this, but I feel that if you're going to be writing a praise song, um, a praise song like if you're doing a praise album, you know and, and people may may disagree with me, but you should probably you know do uh, write things that lift people up you know maybe write have more of an arc there, you know but the the things about God you know breaking our hearts and slaying us, I don't think has any place in a in a praise song, and that's just my opinion, so I wrote something about it. And, uh, let's see, let's see, where where did I end up here? Um, so, so I, I, I and this little, I was read the last paragraph that I wrote. I, I have faith in a God who loves each one of us, no matter what. I believe he wants what's best for us. The book of Job shouldn't be misconstrued as a true, as true ancient history. I'm under the impression that it's a parable told by Moses to the Israelites, in order to show a worst possible scenario. From the story of Job, I take away many things, but most importantly, I think it illustrates that doubt, depression, anger, and suicidal thoughts are a human reality. Job illustrates that these are very human and natural responses to tragedy. It's irrelevant who caused the tragedy in the first place. But I think the author of Job is clear that these events weren't directly caused by God himself. So I I put out the challenge. Read the entire book of Job. Read these lyrics. Listen to the song. What do you think? I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments below. And I put out the call on my Facebook, you know, that I'm going to be talking about this article, and I would love to hear what, uh, what you guys think. And I got some responses on the article here. Um... I know who they are, Uh, let's see, user Josephus (laughs) writes, uh, he writes, to believe in a God that loves all of us no matter what, and that he wants what's best for us is hard to digest in the state of the world we currently live in. That's saying that God created or allowed suffering in the world simply because it's for our own own good. If God can create a perfect place like heaven where there is no separation from him and us, then why couldn't he do that in the first place sincerely josephus and i he's bringing up i think more than what i wanted to bring up in the article right so i'm really i'm 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 focused on i'm not really focused on job the book of job as a whole um i think there's a lot to gain from the book of job i don't think you can take it as history though cuz i don't think it's written to be history of this guy i think that there's an overarching um a lesson that no matter what we're going through in our lives, that we will get out of it. And that cursing God and that giving up isn't, isn't not, um, is not the, is not the way to go. That if you see things through, if you pursue, uh, uh truth. And if you, you know, um, if, if you're Christian, if, if, if Jewish, whatever, this is written, this is, this is a Hebrew Bible story. Um, as long as you have your eyes focused on on God and not cursing the one who created you, that you will you know go through it. Basically, the Book of Job shows me that that giving up is not the not the way to go. But uh, but my article is basically about you know about this praise song and uh, and let's see, we got Brett. Brett wrote uh, wrote this. I never thought of this as a parable before. as told by Job. Uh, I don't think it's told by Job. I think it was told by Moses. But um, anyway. Uh, He says, uh, Brett says, maybe I didn't read closely enough, but I like thinking of it in that way, as opposed to what I've grown up believing that God allowed it all to happen to prove how strong someone's face should be. Quote, religion is the opiate of the people, Marx wrote, and it's true and has been true since the dawn of religion. What better way to keep people in line than the promise of a great reward or a great punishment upon death based on how you act when, quote, no one but God is watching. I am a Christian but have come to the point where I can't be unless I believe also that the Bible is an imperfect book touched by the hands of men with good intentions of course and even divinely inspired but still flawed sometimes deeply so. Thanks Brett for that uh for that and uh yeah there's a lot of interesting points can be brought up um through this conversation and and I don't think we should be wanting suffering. I think we should look at, uh, the Job and stories like this as, you know, um, how to, how to attack a, a situation and, uh, whatever tragedy can come in your life that you're above that tragedy and you will see the end of, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. If you see it through and you stay strong and you stick to your, your convictions and, uh, and And your faith um or even not faith i mean this these stories can be read by non Christians too non religious people too it's 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 all about getting through the situation right not not letting the situation get the best of you so that's what I think job's saying, and i and i I think it's a parable um you know written probably written by Moses, so um anyway, interesting stuff right it's all about having these conversations. And uh, digging into the to the Bible and, and and really any holy book. I mean, I really, I really want to start reading, um, some other holy books and seeing what stories they have too. Because uh, this is all just, you know, just very interesting. Um, all right, I'm gonna play one more song, and uh, I'm gonna wrap up here after the, after this. Um, I want to play. I I, I was listening, kind of trying to discover new new artists early in the week, and I found this. The artist is called the Innocence Mission. And I really like the song. The song's called Rain, and it's from the album My Room in the Trees. And I will be back to wrap up after this. Uh, this is the Innocence Mission with Rain setting out in the leaf boat.
2: This dress that I made out of the curtains Was on the lawn dancing right Better than I can now Walk up to the top of the street. Once letting go, rinses us in the leafy board. Down the street, and we'll be there before. Sing them to catch up with me, great buildings go.
1: Alright, right, that was the Innocence Mission. Uh, The song's called Rain Setting Out on the Leaf Boat. And the album is called My Room in the Trees. Very awesome um, album. You should definitely check it out. It's on Spotify. And I want to thank all all of you for tuning into this uh, this show. It's good to kind of be back in the swing of things. And um, I have a lot more to talk about, a lot more on my mind. And... uh, I'm hoping to have a lot of uh, a lot of great guests to cover the wide gambit of of uh, religion and um, you know and and everything that goes along with it. So um, I should let you know that there I do have a uh, a Spotify playlist. Um, I'm going to post it on the show notes. Definitely check it out. I have all the songs that I've played on the all past um, all past shows and some good stuff there, and you can find me on Twitter, uh, it's my my handle on Twitter is TheAXPX, and you can go to, of course, go to Facebook, find me on Facebook, uh, it's facebook.com slash TheAXPX, and uh, find me there, like the show, like the page, I post a lot of news stories that I find during the week, a lot of, uh, a lot of goofy things that I uh that kind of my mind like the other day i was wondering and i'm sitting there and i'm wondering um you know if 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 jesus came a little bit later right and he instead of dying by by the cross which is a i mean the cross was an ancient torture tool used by the romans uh what if he was uh killed by uh an electric chair i mean would we all have like electric ca- chairs Hang around our necks? Would churches have like a, an electric chair on their steeple? You know, uh, <laughs> probably. I would say probably. Um, I'm gonna have to, you know have to do, I'm gonna have to do a show on that on religious symbolism because uh, the cross wasn't adopted until later on in Christianity. Most of the time, it was the the fish, that Christian fish that you see on the back of people's cars. Now it's relegated to the back of people's cars now uh, I got a problem with bumper stickers and stuff like that too so <laughs> like I said, there's a lot of stuff in my brain that I can uh dig up and talk about but uh, we'll we'll do we'll do a feature show on that I'll have to find a guest and we'll we'll chat about uh, religious religious symbolism and um, and what we think about it so um you can all always uh, you know always email me um, anything you think about the show if you have a comment about anything I talked about. Something to add to the conversation? Email me. Um, my name is Sean S E A N at theaxpx.com. Drop me a line there. You can write uh, me, in, me an email, or you can even attach like an MP three um, with our. You know, if you have an iPhone, you just do, go to the voice recorder. You can record something simple right there, and you can email it to me straight from your phone right after you eat, right after you record it. So I would love to hear from you that way. I would, if I get any audio from any of you listening. Um, any feedback? I would definitely play it on the show uh, if it's relevant to the conversation, and I would just love to hear from you. Like I said, I, I don't want this show to really to be about me or my agenda or uh, or anything like that. I want it to be a conversation that we all kind of jump in and and further along in the conversation and learn and learn from each other. And uh, and I I, I kind of have big you know big ideas for the show, and just think it can just be a great tool for us to all just chat about stuff that we normally you know in the office you kind of uh stray away from talking religion and politics and stuff like that and it's kind of a safe way to kind of get that information out there and uh, the conversation started and and uh and probably never ended the conversation probably go on for a long time uh like i said uh, thanks for joining uh, joining me here on the on the show really appreciate all of you who listen uh the two of you you know who you are (laughs) Spread the word, please. Let people know about it. And uh, if if you ever want to be on the show, definitely drop me a line uh, via email, sean at theaxpx.com. And uh, if we have something to talk about, we'll definitely, uh, definitely do it. All right? Um, look for a show next week. Uh, don't know what we're going to talk about yet. But someday I think I'll have shows pre-planned. But uh, just uh, next week I'll have another one. And enjoy this one and uh, spread the word and uh that's it so i'll talk to all of you next week hope you guys all have a a great week uh thanks for tuning in bye